0: Are the New Jersey Devils legitimate contenders to win the Stanley Cup? Is it a little too early to be talking about that? And also, what's going to happen to the line combination, specifically that Jack Hughes line, once Andre Pallott returns from injury? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. stepped got the a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils right for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank you guys once again. So, in the previous episode, I gave credit where credit was due. So, obviously, the New Jersey Devils went into Madison Square Garden and they came out with the victory over the New York Rangers by a score of five to three. So, round one of the Hudson River battle went to the Devils. But I said that the Devils' faithful, all the fans just came into Madison Square Garden. They started the Igor Chance. They basically just made their names known. They got loud and they cheered for the New Jersey Devils, basically treating it like it was a home game for the Devils. So I gave credit to those fans, but I want to give credit to my fans because yesterday I surpassed 900 subscribers. So I am less than a hundred subscribers away from my goal of a thousand. And guys, this has been some sort of whirlwind. Uh, quite honestly, when i I started posting my episodes to YouTube. I thought I would be one of those locked on hosts that would never reach a thousand subscribers, but you guys have stuck by me, whether I was correct, incorrect, made a hot take, made a cold take, whatever the case might be. You guys have stuck by me and I really appreciate your support because without your viewership on YouTube, Without your listenership on the podcast streaming services, there is no show. So once again, while I'm thanking the fans, I want to thank my fans who make Locked On Devils your first listen every day. So I really appreciate it. And let's get to 1,000 subscribers. I genuinely believe I can get there before Christmas. Now, what are we going to be talking about in today's episode? Well, it's kind of a slow news day and the New Jersey Devils have a game against the Nashville Predators. But the one thing I want to start doing is reacting to more tweets because some people, including myself, they put out some decent thoughts and they have some very solid questions that I feel as though is worth talking about on a show like Locked on Devils. So I found a couple questions that I saw surfacing around the internet and I decided let's react to those tweets and basically I'll give you guys my overall reaction. So the first being, and this is a big one, and quite honestly, guys, this is a subject I'm definitely going to revisit uh, as the season progresses, if the New Jersey Devils continue this uh, hot start to the season, whatever the case might be. But it comes from our friends at Bardown. They ask the question, are the Devils winning the cup? Now, this is an interesting topic. And once again, I know I'm doing this episode a little prematurely, but the New Jersey Devils, they sit atop of the NHL standings, not the Metro standings, the NHL standing. So I feel as though this is a very appropriate time to have these sort of conversations now, because I think the devils have reached a part of the season where they're pretty much all, but solidified a playoff position. It would take a complete debacle for them to miss out on the playoffs. Like they would have to go on a losing streak as to to great lengths of the Philadelphia flyers who just recently snapped their 10 game losing streak against the New York Islanders. So uh, I, I don't, foresee the devils doing that uh, like i said it would take a complete and utter meltdown for that to happen and like aliens or whatever the case might be would have to get involved because th- that would be a that would be one of the biggest meltdowns in all of sports and similar to what ryan ovosinski talked about when he appeared on the show not too long ago he said that if that were to hypothetically happen to the new jersey devils then he would have one hell of a story to write but like i said i think the devils have reached a part of the season where they can basically sit comfortably but nothing is guaranteed so i just want to put that out there so that way uh just in case by the slim chance that people want me to eat my words i'm just saying like i I think the devils are in a comfortable position they obviously haven't clinched anything but i think we're at the point of season where the devils can pretty much uh just guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs hopefully that doesn't jinx anything But bar down does raise an interesting question, which is, can the New Jersey Devils win the Stanley Cup? Now, this is a very tough question to answer because the the fact of the matter is there's still so many factors that I need to look for in the New Jersey Devils. So first and foremost, I think our Baby Big Three and Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and Jack Hughes have proven that they're the real deal. So the one thing that people don't really give our Baby Big Three enough credit for is that they've actually been producing – very good production the last couple of years, but unfortunately people just weren't giving them the credit that they deserved because during the 2021 COVID 56 game season, Nico Heischer was out for two thirds of the year. And then Jack Hughes last year missed a significant amount of time. He missed significant amount of time during the beginning of the year. And he didn't even finish out the season. And Jack Hughes was on pace for like 90 or hundred. So points. And no one really talked about that. And Jesper Bratt. Despite his overall great production, he was still snub of an all-star spot last year. And Jesper Bratt, between Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, has been the most healthy out of those three. So obviously Jesper Bratt has seen, I believe, the biggest growth and development because we knew what Nico Heischer could do. He just couldn't stay healthy. Same with Jack Hughes because they just unfortunately had unfortunate uh, injury circumstances. So that's another factor that we need to consider. Can Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, and Jesper Bratt remain on the ice for at least most of the season? Because I'm not anticipating that they're all going to play 82 games. Well, Nico Heischer can't because he already missed the, what, first couple games of the year. So he's already out of that equation. But for Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt, it's just like, I want them to play anywhere from 70 to 80 games, whatever the case might be. But uh, I'm just hoping that if they do go down with an injury, it's nothing serious. So that's something you have to take into consideration, which is, can the New Jersey Devils stay healthy? Because that was an X factor going into the season. And then you need to look at the goaltending situation because uh, Vitek Vancek, he has been phenomenal this season. He has a record of 11-2. and two. He has a goals against average of 2.12 and a save percentage of 923 and he has one shutout to his credit. But the one thing that we need to question, which is can the people behind him stay consistent? So Akira Schmidt has actually produced some solid production for New Jersey Devils as well, and we need to give him credit in that regard because I had my doubts about Akira Schmidt, but he has proven me wrong. But the one thing you cannot overlook is that Mackenzie Blackwood is going to come back at some point during the year. So you have to raise the question like, What are the New Jersey Devils going to do in that sort of circumstance? Because uh, Jonathan Bernier, he might return this year. Right now it's looking a little unlikely because he was supposed to return at around this time. But he revealed a few weeks ago that he had a setback during training camp. And so here we are right now. So we still have that question mark for Jonathan Bernier. What do you do when he returns? And then you got Akira Uh, Schmidt. He's been producing really well. So sending him down back to Utica, it might be a tough decision. So Vitek Banachek, my question is, can he maintain this throughout the course of the year? Because he's been performing really well. And I want to give credit where credit is due in that regards. But it's just like um, I got to see how the Devils perform midseason because that's where uh, a lot of people project the New Jersey Devils to hit a wall. I personally think that they're going to uh, surpass that. And I think that their depth up and through the lineup has been really well. So Christy Flannery, who's a friend of the show, she appeared on it last week. She actually released a recent article for the Hockey Writers, and she talked about one of the main takeaways in the game against the New York Rangers is that all four lines for New Jersey Devils have been performing really well. Like, they've been contributing at one point or another. The only question mark was, like, that third line that consisted of Sharon Govich because – We talked about how they had kind of gone silent a few weeks ago. They haven't really put up the same amount of production compared to the other players on the roster. But once Sharon Govich got that OT game winner, you saw Sharon Govich able to uh, just transform his game a little bit. And now uh, really the only uh, few players that are out for New Jersey Devils are Andre Palat, Nathan Bastion and Mackenzie Blackwood, those are still some key players for New Jersey Devils. So we got to see how their injury situation goes. We got to see how they get integrated back into the lineup. Nathan Bashan, I'm the least concerned about because it'll be easier to slide him back into the BMW line of McLeod and uh, Woods. So I think he's going to fit like a glove in that regards because that line does not function without uh, Nathan Bashan. Well, you know what I mean, which is Nathan Bashan definitely makes some. Uh, that impactful line. And then for Andre Palat, and there's something I'm going to talk about a little later in the episode, which is how do you integrate him back into the lineup? Because after that, uh, what, that second meeting against the Detroit Red Wings, we haven't seen him ever since. And he's kind of become an afterthought right now. And then for Mackenzie Blackwood, kind of the same situation. So my thing for the New Jersey Devils is that I'm not going to say that they're going to win the Stanley Cup because they're still very young. They're still one of the youngest teams in the NHL. But they have surprised me. They have surprised a lot of people. I certainly didn't project for them to be this good. But it it just seems like it's just too far um, down the line to say, like, they're going to be cup contenders. Because, quite honestly, I want to see how they do as the season progresses. So I still think that they're going to make the playoffs. I still think that they can have a legitimate chance. But it's still way too early to say that the New Jersey Devils are cup contenders because there's still a lot of factors that we need to figure out, which is can they stay healthy? Can they maintain this solid production up and down their lineup? Because their lineup up to this point has been really good, and it's impressed me more ways than one. But at the same time, I just can't help but think, like, what if a few of those players, like, not not Heath or Brad or Hughes, because I have faith that they're going to maintain their production throughout the entirety of the season. But I think of people like Sharon Govich. I think of people like Hala. I think of uh, people like maybe – McLeod or Bash and I think about some of our depth players maybe uh, slowing down a little bit and that makes the New Jersey Devils a little more vulnerable because one of the things I talked about was vulnerability especially at the goaltending position because I had faith in BTech Vanacek but I didn't have faith in the people behind them but Akira Schmidt has surprised me so overall guys um it's it's definitely I'm conflicted if, if you can't tell already because it's just like on the one hand I think this team is legitimate, but are they that legit? Like are they that legit to that are we at that point in the year where we can legitimately say are the New Jersey Devils cup contenders? So, I'm going to give you guys a better full-fledged a- answer momentarily, but before we continue, I need to alert you guys because you need to up your safety game with Simply Safe. So, did you know that over the holidays property crimes like burglaries and packages theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at simply safe home security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system. So that way more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season, order your simply safe for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. So it doesn't just happen home alone guys. It can happen to you as well. So that's why you need to get simply safe to feel more protected and protect those great items that Santa brought you. So in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafecom locked on NHL. There's no safe, like simply safe. And now. The second live read comes from our friends at Online. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get all-lays odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it for you at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Battle line where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at locked on bets for all your betting needs there as well. So when looking at the season for the new Jersey devils, I got to ask you guys, did you predict for the devils to be this good? Did you predict for them to be atop of the NHL standings? Did you predict for them to be second in goals against over games played? Did you predict for them to be third for goals for over games played? And I certainly didn't I knew that they would be good but that's another thing that we need to factor in their offense is actually one of the best in the NHL and quite honestly I thought it would take a couple years before I say that sentence because I thought you give Jack Hugh some time he's going to blossom give Nico Heischer some time to figure some stuff out same with Jesper Bratt. just give our baby big three some time but it's going to come to a point I think midseason, hopefully when all three of them are all-stars, where I can't call them our baby big three anymore because they're polished NHL players. They are legitimate. So it's getting to a point where I can't call those three guys our baby big three, but they are one of the reasons why our offense is the way it is. And uh, I I talked about in the previous episode, I talked about for the first uh, few or so games, we were talking about Jesper Bratt and his good production, his point streak to open up the season that broke the franchise record. Then I talked about Nico Kiescher and his overall leadership, him coming up clutch in big moments, creating for himself and teammates. And now we're talking about Jack Hughes. And, you know, I get that Jack Hughes is sometimes the butt end of most jokes just based on what he says to the media. But last five games for Jack Hughes, he has seven points. And uh, out of those seven points, five of them are goals. So Jack Hughes is legitimate for the New Jersey Devils. And also, to give credit where credit is due, Nico Keeser, in the last five games, he has five assists. So uh not to take anything away from he or brad but now it's jack hughes time to uh steal the spotlight but overall guys it's just like i gotta see how much further our baby big three can go like how much further can they um take their talents because that's one of the things that i'm just questioning which is that's what's going to make the new jersey devils either contenders or just maybe a solid playoff team which is like just how much how much further can all three of them go like uh, can they take their games to new heights? Because it's not enough to just uh, be good. You have to be great if you want to contend for a Stanley cup, but it's just like, I got to see what they do against a team. Maybe like the Boston Bruins. I got to see how the devils hold up uh, mid season because from here on out, all they have to do is play 500 hockey. I don't anticipate for them to go on a lengthy losing streak because the devils have proven that uh, when they go uh, down early in the game, they can come back. So In the previous game against the New York Rangers, they went down two nothing early. If this was last year, Devils had already lost that game more likely than not. But they were able to tie the game and and, and towards the end of period number one. And then in our first matchup against the Edmonton Oilers, remember that game? Devils were down 3-1 going into the final period of regulation. But Miles Wood was able to get a goal early on in period number three to basically keep the Devils comeback chances alive. And then late into the game, the Devils had quick back-to-back goals, and they ultimately won the game, and they didn't even have to send it into OT, and you just saw that they were creating for themselves. So uh, the Devils have proven that uh, when they're down, they can still come back. And they've also proven that uh, even when they lose a game, they're able to rebound. So towards the beginning of the year, they dropped the first two games, and uh, a lot of people were pushing for Lindy Ruff to be fired, but then... What happened? They went on a three-game win streak, and then they lost to the Washington Capitals. And then what happened afterwards? They went on a lengthy win streak, winning 13 in a row. And then uh, that fateful night against the Toronto Maple Leafs where all hell broke loose at the Prudential Center. People were throwing things. And, yeah, we've talked enough about that. But nonetheless, what happened after that game? Devils are on a three-game win streak. So they have proven to me that they can come back while down. They can rebound after a loss. And similar to what Chrissy Flandery was telling me in our interview, she uh, just observed that the Devils don't get too high on themselves after a win. They don't get too low on themselves after a loss. So that is crucial. But the Devils just seem to be missing just something. And uh, obviously they got to work on their power play because while their penalty kill is top 10 in the league, their power play is in the bottom tier. So, yeah, just putting that out there in that regards, but – They just got to tweak up a few things. But in terms of being them contenders, I don't know. I just think it's way too early to make that assessment. And, you know, I get that I just highlighted all the good. I've highlighted what I like from them. I've highlighted what they need to work on. But at the end of the day, it's just like going into the season, we were talking about them potentially being a fringe playoff team, a wild card team, getting 90 or so points, but somehow some way, still missing the playoffs. We were talking about that, but now we're talking about them being contenders. I don't know. I just think it's I think it's just a little too early to be talking about that. So that's my overall assessment. The Devils have done a lot of good, and there's a lot to take away from it. So if, if you've been listening to the episode, I've highlighted all the good. I've highlighted some things that they do need to tweak and some things they need to work on. I talked about my area of concern that maybe they need to work on just a little bit more, and then you have to factor in a few players are still on the injured list, and they can come back at any time. But it just seems like it's a little too early to be talking about the New Jersey Devils and uh, contending for a Stanley Cup and potentially winning it because quite honestly, if they win the Stanley Cup this year, I don't know about you, but I think that would be the most shocking Stanley Cup champion in recent memory because a lot of people were riding the New Jersey Devils off. A lot of them were projecting for them to go back to the lottery, especially with the offseason they had. But now they found their band of misfits together and it's working for them. But I just got to make sure that they're not A trend and that they're and they're legitimate, which I personally think they are legitimate, but at the same time, it's still very early in the season and a lot can happen. But like I said, I don't anticipate for them to go on a lengthy losing streak, and we'll just see what happens from there. And now to wrap up today's show, somebody actually asked me a question on Twitter in regards to Andre Palat, and this is actually a good question because remember, I talked about Andre Palat sort of being on the back burner for a new jersey devil so dennis kukai hope i pronounced that correctly said trey i have a serious question for you when palat comes back from injury where would you put him second line is most likely another question is what would you do with Thomas tatar his contract will expire this year sign two to three years or trade a deadline to make space for palat in first line first and foremost you do not trade Thomas tatar at the trade deadline because the new jersey devils they 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 look i know thomas Tatar could be inconsistent because he led the montreal canadiens in scoring just scoring just a couple years ago but then remember they made the stanley cup finals and he was pretty much a non-factor during the course of the playoffs and then last year we were talking about thomas Tatar probably being one of the top scorers for the new jersey devils and then he was wildly inconsistent going into the year we were talking about whether or not he would be waived and now he was able to show up in preseason and and now he's a vital uh, component for why the Devils have had the success that they're having right now. So, Thomas Shatar being traded at the deadline, that is an absolute no. You do try to re sign Thomas Shatar, but I think he's going to come at a cheap deal because, once again, Thomas Chatar, he's inconsistent. So, I just mentioned led the Montreal Canadiens in scoring just a couple years ago, but then when they make their run to the Stanley Cup finals, pretty much a non-factor. And then this year, what was supposed to happen to Tomas Chatar? No one projected that. Everyone was riding him off. And ev- and everyone was saying that he should probably be waived. But he's proven everyone wrong this year. And, I- and I'm and i impressed by it. But I still think Tomas Chatar, similar to Ryan Graves, is going to be a cheap signing for a New Jersey Devil. So no, that's not an option. That would be a terrible, terrible move. Because in 23 game appearances, he has six goals, nine assists for a grand total of 15 points. But it's worth mentioning he has a plus minus of plus 18. Yes, you heard me correctly. So when he's on the rink, he's providing meaningful minutes, even if he's not scoring. So trading Tomas Tatar would be a big mistake for New Jersey Devils, especially since we were just talking about can they be Stanley Cup contenders? Now, what do you do for Andre Palat? Inter- that's a very interesting question because it's something that I've been thinking about, but I was kind of saving it for when... The day comes when he is set to return. Yeah, but it's just, this is a good problem to have because it just shows that a lot of players are stepping up for New Jersey Devils. But yeah, the Devils are going to have to make a tough decision because it's just like, what do you do with your line combinations when you have to insert someone like Andre Palat? Because obviously he signed for a long-term deal. So he's here for the long run. So the top line consists of Thomas Chatar. Nico Kiescher and Jesper Brett. So I think that line will stay intact. But then the second line, you got Jack Hughes, Eric Holland, Dawson Mercer. So I think the smart thing to do is to move Andre Palat onto the second line with Jack Hughes, because remember Jack Hughes, Alexander Holtz and, um, and Andre Palat saw great success together. uh, When they were paired alongside during the course of preseason, we called them the H2O line. And we said, Hey, why not roll with that line? Because that could actually get people talking a little bit. So, even though Alexander Holtz wouldn't be on that line, it would be most likely Dawson Mercer. You put Andre Palat on the line with Jack Hughes because Andre Palat can provide that uh, veteran leadership towards Jack Hughes and Jack Hughes can get the best out of um, Andre Palat, similar to what he's done with Eric Hala, Sharon Govich in the past, wherever the case might be. So yeah, that's what you do and, and you move Eric Hala back down to the third line. And then obviously you got the BMW line. So I'd say, Eric Kala, he's a very versatile forward. He can move back to the center position. He can lead uh, the bottom six unit in that regard. So uh, the BMW line will be the fourth line, and then Eric Kala will be moved down to the third line, move to the center position. That's my educated guess as to how they would function that when Andre Pilat returns. It's a good problem to have. Like I said, it just means you have a lot of depth. So that's my overall opinion, if that answers your question, Dennis, which is uh, Andre Pilat. He is a top six player. I don't care what anyone says. He is very um, useful for the Devils. He, he just needs to be given a chance once he comes back from injury. And, you know, I don't expect for his production to showcase right away. But I think once he eases back into it, he'll be just fine. So that's my guess, which is, uh, unfortunately, Eric Hollow would have to be the odd man out in that regards. and Or it could be Dawson Mercer, whatever the case might be. But... You know, uh, it it just seems like that that line is very exciting to watch. And, you know, we're still a ways away from Andre Pilat returning. So it's just like, you know, why, why are we thinking about this now? But it was a good question, Dennis. So I appreciate that. So if you have any more questions that you want to send my way, you want me to react to them, you want me to give you my overall opinion, or maybe I see your tweet and I react to it on the show, don't be afraid to uh, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at Traymat 4 and the show's Twitter page at Locked on Devils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go, Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.